Guys, I'm going to do it. Anon, don't. Come on. It's a great idea. How on earth is this a good idea? Well, I mean, I I thought of it. All right, you know what? I'm I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm just going to go on vacation. I can't take this anymore. Anon, don't do it. Holy shit, dragon? Dude, I thought you were dead. You introduce me in spirit every week. Yeah, dead. I, either way, I don't negotiate with zombies. I'm doing it, so headphone users beware. There's men in construction when it's done with the right hand. There's beauty in destruction, the resurrection, another Welcome, Guardians, to the Twilight Gap Lorecast. I'm Anon Pig, and with us this week we have two of our fantastic hosts, Mythos, Mike, and Handsome Dragon. It's been a while. How are you guys? I'm doing just swell. Cool. Doing really well. Glad to be back. It's been like three years. Yeah, pretty much. It feels like it. Yeah. I mean, like, you just do the, the hey, did you know tweeters. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been there. I just haven't been here. Yeah. Participating be in back. the background. Yeah. But uh, we also have a special guest host for While Purple's Away. Uh, Guardian, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Uh, you might recognize him from last week's episode. We had the interview featuring him. Uh, but this week, we will be talking all about the Twilight Gap. So let's move on to the weekly highlight. Weekly highlights will vary with each episode. They can include community stories, fan fiction, gear and weapon text, grimoire, general hype, etc. But it will never include any of those because we never do any of those and we just say that we (laughs) will. Uh, This week's weekly highlight is actually going to be just our impressions. Uh, How how are you guys liking Age of Triumph so far? It's week two. Walt the Glass just dropped, you know. Um, I'm loving it. Um, I haven't done Vault of Glass yet. Uh, got my raid teams going on uh, sometime after we record this. Uh, depends when the wife goes to bed. But Crota, I loved Crota. I loved the changes they made to Crota. I, even in year one, I loved the the fighting and the mechanics of Crota. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like that. Like it, there were so many cheese spots, and it was hard to find a group that allowed you to do the do it the right way everyone's like no i'm just jumping over the bridge or i'm soloing lamps or i'm whatever it is there was a it was hard to get a group that was like okay let's get everybody across the bridge and i love now the the little changes they do that sure you can jump over the bridge but it's really hard to actually activate it by yourself i watched a video of a guy doing it it's pretty um it takes a long time and a lot of dedication but just the changes they made. I won't. I know some people probably haven't done it yet, so I, I don't know if we're doing straight spoilers or anything. I mean, but I don't really consider minor changes to be a spoiler. But yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. But the, the change they made, yeah, on the yeah. bridge where you, everyone just gets those swords and you just go ham on the knights and the the gatekeepers. It was a blast, and yeah. and then the the change to gate uh, death singer I thought was pretty awesome too. It really, it's not just one person going in, killing everything really quick, and then everyone killing the Death Singers, working together, killing all the ads. Well, that's only for the challenge. For the challenge, correct. When it's not challenge, it's going to be the same old Death Singer, and I'm a little bit upset about that because challenge is so much more fun. I wish that's how they actually changed it. 
Like they, they yeah. took a few ads out, made it a little bit easier, but made that how it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually even easier now without the challenge. <laughs> exactly. Um, Mike, you haven't you haven't rated, but how you like an Age of Triumphs in general? I'm buying into the hype. I uh, busy busy week for me, unfortunately, so I didn't get the chance to play it. Like you oh, said, um, but oh my bad. I thought you, yeah. you didn't raid. Oh no, uh, I didn't. I didn't really get a chance to even get on Destiny. It's been <laughs> finals, exams, and everything. But um, I'm buying into the hype. I, I like what I've been hearing so far. I mean, the obviously the uh, the Adet exotics are something that I will definitely want to get, especially praying for a Vision of Confluence drop if I'm able to do Vault of Glass this week. Uh, really, really hoping that that happens. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it once I get the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about you, Guardian? So far, I've been loving Age of Triumph. Uh, the book has been super awesome, I think. Uh, for someone like me, where I'm kind of obsessed with Destiny, it gives me a lot to chase and really play with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, for someone who just mains a hunter, you still get a reward, uh, and I really like that. And I think Age of Triumph was really sold on the raids themselves, but there's so many little details and quality of life changes that Bungie made that they never mentioned that mm-hmm. it just it was a really solid update that I'm really enjoying so yeah. far. Yeah, like the quality of life changes is like uh, rares drop up to 400 now, uh, vendors mm-hmm. drop up to 400 now. I didn't know that about it, rares. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like, Trials of Osiris packages dropped the year three gear. Yeah. Well, they, they mm-hmm. really nice. that. Yeah. Uh, what I yeah, what that's I really something I was really was, excited about. What I really liked was the archite bounties because now they have weapon specific bounties, mm-hmm. which is just like get 50, get 30 kills with this weapon, and then you will get a weapon. And week one, I feel like they did it on purpose. Week one had hand cannon, so I took a hand cannon bounty. I uh, did that, and I got a pretty amazing uh, ES Luna, just right off. That's right awesome. off the bat from that. And something uh, some people might not know, you can actually get trials weapons from those bounties uh, as well, because that's how uh, Guardian you and... got the the hand cannon. Yeah, I got XL student from the hand cannon bounty. Yeah. It's an Iron Banner too, right? Like year one or two, isn't it? It's, I'm not sure. Is that is that true? I thought I, I think I, th- I heard I that's that. What they said. Now that you mention yeah. it, I think I heard that actually because I'd, I'd love to get a Finale's Peril with like Luck in the Chamber. Yeah, that'd uh, be awesome. That makes me actually want to do the Sniper Bounty. Yeah, yeah. Because like I was even thinking, I was like, I well, there's no like, way. I had the no, bounty, there's no like, way they brought back year one. They brought back year two. Yeah, I think they said year two. Because that would but, mean they brought yeah, back yeah. Fell Winters a lie, and they didn't that would, do that. That would be sick, though. <laughs> but yeah, I've I've had a blast with Age of Triumphs as well. Uh, I even went into Trials last week, and I went up against... Uh, uh, I don't even know how you'd pronounce it. Just a bungee guy. A-D-M-G. Yeah, A-D-M-G. And that was, that was awesome. A-B-N-G-0-0-4. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome to see that, to be like, oh my god! We're going up against the bungee guy, and we just like sort of lost our shit. And then, uh, like they, they, he, he and his team destroyed us. So they, they were obviously hacking. Uh, <laughs> he's the uh, I don't know if he's like he's uh, the what's up leaders or in charge. Of, yeah, but he's like the, does the what's up doc stuff on the yeah. the twab, which is exactly he's a cool guy. how he like he was hacking. He knows he knows <laughs> exactly he's got that. He announces like all the glitches. He's like, <laughs> if you press X X X square, 
the enemy team is like gonna lose, and that's what he did. It's <laughs> cheater. Cheaters. <laughs> uh, but Kuroda Zen favorite raid, so amazing. Vaulted glass I did today, and it was exhausting doing so much raiding today. <laughs> uh, losing my entire day to raiding, pretty much. Uh, it felt like Crota's so end. Fun. Like it felt like there was more to do, and it was more like hustled. But Vault of Glass just feels more challenging. Yeah. And much more like exhausting. Yeah, mm. Vault of Glass is never really my raid. Honestly, Vault of Glass is my least favorite raid, and it's still fun. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I'm did, doing. When it did you? When did you start Destiny? Like, did you start in the beginning, like to get beta. it when it was fresh, or did you? Beta. You started. Well, interesting. Yeah, but I never raided. I never cared to raid. I started raiding in the dark below. Oh, okay. Uh, so my favorite is uh, Wrath of the Machine, then Crota's End, then King's Fall, and then Vault of Glass. Vault of Glass, I've I've done it like eight times, maybe nine times, uh, and I got everything. So I was just like, yeah, there is no reason for me to go back. Like first run, I got Vex Metho class and Atheon's Epilogue. Second run, I got Vision of Confluence and Fatebringer. And like, <laughs> wow, you're yeah, definitely here. one of the few. Yeah, I'm good here. <laughs> I know my brother who like he always played with me since the beta, and it took until it probably took us five months of raiding, like into when House of Wolves came out before he got his Fatebringer. Yeah, it's crazy. I just, I, I just, I didn't care when I, I wasn't going for it, people were people were saying like how good it was and I was like, Yeah, that's nice and it it <laughs> was very amazing because it had those scout rifle ranges and fire flying oh, yeah. out wall. Like you couldn't beat that. But yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. This was my favorite raid. Um and partly just because it was like the first raid I've ever done. Like I never did like a World of Warcraft or any of those games like this was like my first game that had a raid so like going in with my buddies the first time was definitely a, a memorable experience awesome well then uh let's let's uh get into the lore around the battle of twilight gap uh so i guess i'll just get us started the battle of twilight gap was one of the largest battles for the city Led by the House of Devils, all the known houses in the system came together to attack us. So our first card is the House of Devils. These are the scourge of the city, the shadow below our walls. This is the house that led the battle of, at Twilight Gap. The house we tell our children about to frighten them into beca- behaving. Uh, I like that line, though. I just want to stop right there and say I really like that line, the tell our children about to, to frighten them into behaving. Because it's sort of like it's sort of like the classic boogeyman, Krampus, like all that stuff, except they're mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. So like it's, you know, like if you don't behave, the fallen are gonna come kill you in the night, and it's like, yeah. oh shit, they can. Yeah, and not even just the fallen, <laughs> the, the house of devils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how frightening must that have been for kids? Yeah. But of course, not all the houses were able to make it because one of them was stopped in their path. So our next card is Ghost Fragment Fallen 4. Now the wolf fleet turns to meet the queen. See the squadrons of skiffs wrapping themselves in stealth, cold and transparent, knifing out invisible and brave. See the catches like broad blades, the bright thoughts of a servitor guiding them into battle. See them turning, accelerating, waking up their jammers and arc guns, all doomed. The Kell of Wolves will never make it to Twilight Gap. 
Kell of Wolves has put all that strength in one place, and now the Queen of the Reef is coming to break it. That card had a little more and a little bit after, but that's that's the important line for this. And uh, then our final card for this little bit here, the Ghost Fragment Fallen 3. We gather to take that city and save ourselves from extinction, say, saying to each other, we must be a storm, a whirlwind, a darkness, for it is said that only pain may be stolen from the dark, and we can let no more be stolen from us. We gather to fight against our twilight, king and devil in winter, all of us, all of us but us, all of us but us, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I feel like there might have been a... Hmm. It means all of the fallen except for the wolves. This is coming from a... Oh, this is from the wolves. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So this this is a wolf perspective. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Then I'll just repeat that. We gathered to fight against our twilight. King and devil and winter. All of us but us, the wolves. Why? What kept us from the gap? Marasov and Harbingers killing everything <laughs> to, to give you the short answer for that <laughs> very short answer hey like there's a really big rock involved yeah <laughs> yeah it's just destroying destroying asteroids you know that's that's a pretty no impressive power for someone to have <laughs> so i really like uh fallen three i love like the fallen cards whenever there's a new fallen card that's that's immediately what i snap mm-hmm. to and in age of triumphs we got an amazing uh new <clears throat> fallen card but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about these and i love this one because it says uh saying to each other we must be a storm a whirlwind a darkness uh because the whirlwind is what happened to the fallen what essentially caused them to become how they are and they call it a darkness, saying, like, the darkness is essentially the evil, you know. They have to be something ruthless that just comes in and mm-hmm. takes and kills and slaughters, not just loses, you know. Just shows you how far they've fallen. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right, well, do, uh... we, do we know by chance who wrote... Any of the fallen cards? Like, is it one author who does them all, or I don't know, but I no I, idea. I'm just saying, like, if by any chance they hear this, like, thank you. Yeah, like I, would, I love name. knowing who writes these. <laughs> I wish we knew more of the uh, Grimoire card authors. I feel like that sort of uh, gives us a little too much insight, though. You know, yeah, like knowing knowing who in, wrote what, because in a way, but I, likes... like I love knowing that John Goff writes mm-hmm. like the last word Thorn Saga, like knowing. Yeah, but that's that a little. I can bug him on. That's more Twitter. standalone. You know, it's like if you're writing a standalone story that doesn't really yeah. involve other people, you can do that. Yeah, Fallen's kind of a bigger. Yeah, but whole when you're game, when you're talking about a race. Like... Yeah, that's just a little too much. What you just said is probably exactly why they don't tell people who wrote them, because then you'd be on Twitter bugging everyone about their cards. Like, oh, you wrote Fallen, like, tell me more about this. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Well, I think I should be allowed to. (laughs) When I say bug, I mean by saying how awesome it is. It's like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. (laughs) I I love these Fallen cards, though, because it it says some of the stuff kind of from the Queen's perspective a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. And 
even from their perspective, like we would have lost Twilight Gap mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the Queen. Yeah, absolutely. the Queen, her stepping in, and and I like one of the cards because it, it it kind of puts points paints the picture of her having this choice in front of her. Does she stop the wolves and put herself and the Awoken basically in a war, or does she just sit and continue to hide and let us die? And it like immediately goes into and Ceres was destroyed. Like she destroys them. It's like they're in my mind I read that as like it wasn't even a thought. Like there was mm. no thought of hiding in her mind. It was boom, let's Yeah. Let's take these. I guys got that out. impression as well. Yeah, like uh what she ended up doing was starting um the reef wars, which we will talk about another time. It essentially mm-hmm. happened during and then after uh Twilight Gap. It went on for years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the they gave like a sort of broad estimate number of like half a million fallen. Mm-hmm. She just killed in one sweep. Mm-hmm. So half a million could have half a million more could have come to Twilight Gap. We did not. We would mm-hmm. not and stand a chance. Arguably, the wolves were the strongest house yeah, at the, at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, it's oh. like you look at the the House of Wolves and within the game itself and they have technology that the other mm-hmm. houses don't mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. have they're much more advanced and like Skolas was one of a kind of a higher being but not the Kel at the time and he was still very aggressive and mm-hmm. very intelligent so you think about if he was just like one of one the of the fall- generals <laughs> yeah like what are the generals like what about the rest of them like what about their Kel like how powerful was that house mm-hmm. and that was kind of you know Obviously, we'll talk about this more in depth with the Reef Wars, but it's like mm. the Reef Wars kind of set that whole thing in motion, too, where she kills their Kel and then sets this civil war in in motion between the House of Wolves, yeah, where they're trying to figure out who to put into power next. Because that, that's, that's a really good point, because essentially you had three extremely ruthless like commanders directly below the Kel. So the, these three who just, like, killed each other and killed their own people and were extremely savage uh like fallen mm-hmm. this one kill kept them all in check yep so that that was <laughs> one guy we are happy not to have to fight yeah yeah it also kind of brings up the idea is if I feel like through the reforce it kind of makes it seem like it, it was a struggle. It wasn't like a dominating fight, but yeah. and at the same time, those commanders are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Like if those commanders weren't fighting each other, they might actually mm-hmm. have been able to overtake the reef, and then yeah, they would have just well, you, wiped out the city. It even point, paints the picture that if it wasn't for Varix's betrayal of Skolas, you know, they could have yeah. lost that war. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're getting really off. yeah no we're really <laughs> here. Um, but I was trying to pull that off. It's like they had they could have won against the reef. It's like so if they had actually showed up to Twilight Gap, there we would have stood no chance. Like even if it was just us against the wolves, the wolves would have absolutely destroyed the city. Yeah. Well, uh, Dragon, it's it's been a while since we've heard from you. So why don't you take the next section here? Awesome. Uh, so the battles fought here will not soon be forgotten. Heroes we know today fought in them, and it made them who they are today. Uh, and then from the Iron Banner rep, Remor card. Says, a hero, hero to the city and a legend in his own right, Saladin Forge led the city's defense during the Battle of the Twilight Gap. His protégés, Commander Zavala and Lord Shax, 
now lead the Tower's vanguard and the Crucible, respectively. Saladin remains close to Zavala, though his relationship with, with Shax has been strained since the Twilight Gap. The Iron Banner seeks great champions to lead the fight against the darkness. It was born to honor the Iron Lords and their efforts in the earliest days of the city. And then we have from the uh, Crucible Handler card. Lord Shax is one of the heroes of the Battle of the Twilight Gap. Having led the counterattack that pushed the Fallen from the city's walls, fearing that another full-scale assault would be more than the city could propel, Shax chose to stay in the city to mentor guardians in the Crucible. One day Shax vows to return to the war beyond the city, but only after he is confident the fires of the Crucible have forged a new generation of warriors. So that line right there just kind of made put a thought in my head and kind of made me laugh because it says, you know, he vows to return to war beyond the city. Um, and then it made me think of the Destiny 2 uh, trailer we got. And then uh, when Zavala is standing on the rock, giving his motivational speak or speech, you see you can see Shax kind of in the background pumping his fist. And I was like, he must be so excited to be getting out back into war, <laughs> <laughs> not, in, not having to deal with us guardians anymore, Yeah, training us. No more arcade bets. <laughs> um, this is from a uh, quest uh, talk to Lakshmi 2 you want another story about the twilight gap Anna Bray the hunter we all dug deep that day we all touched the light in ways we never thought we could or should Anna or Anna though when she fired the gun when her golden blast hit home she left behind the pools of light like splashes of sunlight and that burned and burned that's from Lord Shax. Um, from the Mark of the Exile. Though the city won a great battle at Twilight Gap, it lost an even greater mind. From Sister Lupe. From the uh, Mystic Drain um, Warlock Armband. All are at the desperate battle of Twilight Gap. Warlocks worked in concert to shatter the enemy. It was not quite enough. <laughs> Sorry, Warlocks. Uh, from Cloak of the Shadowjacks it says Twilight, Twilight Gap highlighted the desperate need for proactive strikes to keep the enemy off balance that makes me wonder if that's why we kind of the uh, the entry to strikes in the lore it's like our constant effort to keep the enemy off it. balance so I have a different thing and I wanted to talk about that here. All right. Uh, for those who don't know, you might be surprised to learn Shax has a team of Red Jack, or a team called the Red Jacks. Now, mm -hmm. what's surprising about that is the Red Jacks are frames. They're not guardians. They're not titans, you know, because that's, right. that's sort of how I originally pictured them. They were a team of titans that Shax commands to go take back mm -hmm. Crucible maps. They're a team of frames. Uh, now, I don't know where I read this, but I could have sworn it said... Oh, actually, I do know where I read this. It is from Ghost Fragment Twilight Gap, which was not included in here because it's essentially just uh, unimportant to the lore on Twilight Gap. Uh, that says how Shax essentially gets frames to like do his work, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like... Uh, and that, I swear there was something else that actually said Shax's counterattack was done with frames and that he lost the frames in battle. And people have theorized that's why Saladin was like, 
upset about it. Like he he risked everything and lost frames, like you know things that were valuable to us at the time uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. So, do you think Shadow Jacks were Shax's frames during Twilight Jack, a Twilight Twilight Gap? <laughs> <laughs> um, the naming convention alone. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Is it's essentially this is Twilight Gap highlighted the desperate need for proactive strikes to keep the enemy off balance. That's essentially what Shax did. So to have Red Jacks commanded by Shax, Shax did this. Shadow Jacks, Red Jack, like I just yeah, I can see each one having like a different purpose. Like yeah. Red Red Jacks, their direct purpose is for setting up Crucible arenas. Yeah. Um, Shadow Jack, their purpose could be to be kind of that covert spy but offensive you know where they're going in and making these kind of guerrilla warfare attacks to try mm-hmm. to keep you know the enemy off balance yeah we'll have to uh we'll have to talk about that more in uh a frame lore cast mm-hmm. yeah we gotta we gotta include the the sweeper bot now too yeah super bot <laughs> be half the episode important <laughs> not to mention that pretty awesome uh frame that i can't remember the name of but there, I know there is one frame that's just pretty badass. Is it Dahlia? Yes, Dahlia. Dahlia is awesome. Dahlia is the, the badass frame, yeah. Dahlia M, I mean, like, Arkite. Arkite's, Arkite's pretty good, too, too yeah. Mm-hmm. Arkite also has horns, like Shaxx, which I think is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it is stated that he has been here since the walls were built, so he's pretty old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which actually, uh, that's that's essentially what the uh, Ghost Fragment Twilight Gap card talks about. It's not just that Shax uses frames; it's that the sh- the frames have so little uh, independence that they end up just parroting the people mm-hmm. they, they work with. So they all end up becoming another form of Shax. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense why the Red Jacks are so successful. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's kind of like the comment in that card. <laughs> you, you can you can hear uh, Shax. He'll say, "You want the Crucible? I am the Crucible." And then Arkite can go, "You want the Crucible? Shax is the Crucible." Like that's <laughs> what they say. Yeah, and that the uh, Ghost Fragment Twilight Gap card. You know, one of the one of the people talking says, "You know, if they all parrot Shax, they might pull this off." And the other person says, "Don't even joke about that." Yeah. It's like <laughs> Fifty Shax is running around. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He's all over the place. (laughs) Oh, man. Shax is is becoming less and less of, like, an imposing figure and just more and more of a meme. Because especially when I saw that video and I noticed Shax in the background, it didn't look like he was pumping his fist. Like, like he was like, yeah, we're going to kill the Cabal. He looked like he was like, hi, guys. Hey, I'm, I'm back here. <laughs> How's it going? Don't, don't forget about me. Yeah. I used to do cool stuff. <laughs> Imagine him saying that in the actual game. And I'm really excited to see Shax's role. And I'm sorry to keep getting off topic. I'm really excited to see Shax's role in Destiny 2. Because as it stands right now, he says he vows to one day return to war and everything. But Destiny 2 is going to have the Crucible in some form. Mm-hmm. If he is yeah. still the crucible handler, 
Well, it'll have competitive multiplayer, so yeah, it might, might not be the Crucible anymore. Well, I mean, it might not be called the Crucible, but if Shax <laughs> is still in charge of it, if he is still the guy yeah. and he's just he'll hanging like, out, on, I'm going to be really upset with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, oh, there yeah. was the leaked Mega Block set of Shax using Ray's Lighter and yeah, taking down some Cabal. Like, I'm sure it will be like a cutscene, but that was like the opening cutscene. So it just yeah. sort of feels like Shaq stepped up and he's like, now is my time. And then he lost the fight and he's like, I'm going back to the Crucible. <laughs> yeah. Gave him a shot. Been, didn't go out it so would have been really cool if in one of the new Shaq's cards, if like there would have been a line or a scene in those cards where Shaq goes up to Arkite and says, you're in charge while I'm away. Kind of like setting the stage for the future. But mm. it didn't, so. Well, let's, let's get back on topic. Uh, Guardian, do you want to take... The Legend of Saint 14 card there? Absolutely. Legend one. of Saint 14 is one of my favorite. Awesome. Nice. Right. So from the card Legend, Saint 14. He could feel his light draining. He pulled all of it into one last hope. He reeled back and bam. His helm found purchase, breaking through just above the Kel's eyes. The ether, the ether. Is it called ether? <laughs> I call ether. it ether. That's yeah. I prefer to it too, ether. <laughs> The ether screamed from his head, and together they fell to the ground. The exo-guardian rose, staggering back. He couldn't take his eyes off the Kel's body. He'd never seen any fallen withstand a skull puncture, but this was no ordinary fallen. He waited, and waited. Ghost? The words barely audible. He heard her flash in, but had a hard time pinning her down. She was buzzing about, surveying the fallen Kel. He's dead, alright. So that's it? We're done now? He removed his helm, tossed it aside, and dropped to his knees. The devils without a kel, the war was over, at last. They could finally go home. We are. Get me the speaker. Opening his channel, stand by. Is that you, my son? The speaker's voice was filled with more anticipation of news than concern. It is, father. The devil kel Sulcus is dead. This war is over. Such courage and power, the greatest ever to brace these worlds. You bring all of us peace. We will light the final flare, devil red. They will all know what you've done. Father, I don't think I have energy to return. I'll rest here and come back to the honored when I should, or when I return. Of course, son, but there is something concerning you. More fallen march on the city? No, not this time. I have word that Osiris was seen on Mercury, the Caloris Basin. He's turned his mind back to the Vex. Mercury? Too many channels to know. You activate one, you start to feed its veins, he threatens our peace. Your duty, my son, you must never forget. I cannot. The ghost killed the feed and waited for its guardian's words. Ghost, prepare my Vex arsenal and plot a course for Mercury. That old man is about to wake up hell. I love Saint-14. That's a good card. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> One thing I, I forgot to add there, the little like header line is Twilight's End. So this is the end of Twilight Gap. Just so there's no like confusion of what what is going on. This is this is Saint Fourteen putting in the final blow to Twilight Gap. Yeah. It's quite important card. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot from this card that we we have going on. Do we want to cover yeah. everything? I mean, if you, if you think there's anything that's, like, really important, like, bring it up. There's nothing mm-hmm. not to. Well, well, I think this this card kind of sets the stage for even where we're at now. Because mm-hmm. when you kill him, Saint killing the, the Kel 
the devil's cow, it put the devils kind of in this position where they're kind of scrambling to without a leader almost. Mm-hmm. And it leads up to where, what were we just, the story we play through in the rise of iron where they're so desperate now to kind of regain the power lost from this battle that they turn to Siva and mm-hmm. it's like they turn into this, they basically turn away from being fallen and other houses look at the devils as not even being the same being Elixni anymore. Mm-hmm. They've been so corrupted by, by Siva. Um, definitely sets the stage just right here by killing this cow. Also, uh, I'm also curious. Such courage and power, the greatest ever to brace these worlds. You bring all of us peace, we will light the final flare, devil red. They will know what you've done. So, does that, like, we have evidence that says we've never seen the King's Kell, and we personally killed a Winter Kell, and Draxus was there at Twilight Gap. So, why, why, like, why, it sort of insinuates to me that, like, Kells were killed, you know, at Twilight Gap. That's how we won Twilight Gap. Winter King, mm-hmm. and then finally Devil. We killed all three Kells. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, Draxus could have just retreated, and that was kind of, because Winter was back on Venus. Yeah, I guess Devil that's a good point. Kings is still on Earth, so they could have seen that, like, maybe that, like, the King's Kell was killed. Um, and then a new one rose, and that was just like we killed the king's kell, and now we've killed the devil's kell, and winter has retreated back to Venus, yeah. so they're not really a problem anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. And then uh, I... also, though, uh, just really quick, ghosts have genders. That's mm-hmm. a curious thing to to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we. It I think one of my it... favorite things about this card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's a little different topic, but if you're right. going to go on about the ghosts. I was just going to say, I think they mentioned, like, in one of the, I think it was from the Rise of Iron. Yeah. Maybe, where the, the ghosts on Mars, where they're talking, like, they have, they even have names for mm-hmm. each other, and so yeah. that was pretty interesting. Ben Churches too. is named uh, Neville. Is it Neville? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, one of the things I, I've always found really interesting about this card um, is kind of the religious aspect of it where mm-hmm. it feels like the speaker is kind of like the father of the church and kind of the way he interacts with saint 14 it was kind of like it's this religious following mm-hmm. which then makes the out like the exile of osiris make more sense and i kind of like that idea where it, it kind of shows that it's more of a religion religion to the speaker than just the speakers in charge, like the vanguard unto us. And it was something where Osiris didn't play by the rules, and so he was exiled from the Brotherhood, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always kind of seen the speaker as, like, kind of like the Pope, like the the medieval Roman Catholic Church. Like, nowadays, the Pope's, you know, it's, you know, definitely the head of the Catholic Church, but more of, it's almost like the, the King of England, or the Queen of England is not as much power as they used to at once held and back in like medieval times and medieval ages like the pope was the ruler of the world pretty much <laughs> it's like you it didn't wa- yeah you didn't walk without getting blessing from the pope that it was okay to walk yeah 
he almost gives off a priestly sort of air to him too through both his voice and just the general aesthetics of him mm. his room is definitely a his study at the traveler's observatory i believe the name of it is is very larger than life it's an yeah, interesting sure. place well uh yeah <laughs> His his card, <laughs> if I remember correctly, actually says calls him an, an anonymous high priest. Like yeah, it does. Right in his card. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, just a, a random quote that I thought was funny in uh, connection to the Twilight Gap. It's um, it's from Lord Shax, and it says, "You either learn to work with other guardians, or you perish." So Twilight Gap taught me that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny because it's like at least what we think or what we assume is. During Twilight Gap, Shax kind of went off on his own, uh, kind of a, against the, the wishes of uh, Saladin, in which yeah. a lot of people think that might be why they don't care for each other too much. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's funny that, that he talks about how you have to learn to work with others or you perish when mm-hmm. he kind of blatantly went against yeah. some of the wishes of some of those guardians. But I thought that was funny. Well, uh... Mike, why don't you uh, take this last section here? Then. Sure. Getting into some of the results from the battle. Um, for example, this is the uh, Gallarhorn um, card. The Gallarhorn shoulder-mounted rocket system was forged from the armor of guardians who fell at the Twilight Gap. Gifted to the survivors of that terrible battle, the Gallarhorn is seen as a symbol of honor and survival. Beauty and delivery. The fallen will never understand. In the war for Earth, they have already lost. We have but to finish the slaughter, Lord Saladin. Then this is beauty and destruction. The commi- uh, this commission is a commemoration. They deserve something dependable. These men and women did not survive the gap so that you could make art. Victor Lamar from transcript of the Project Heimdall development log. Then this is the Twilight Gap uh, arena card arena designation twilight gap location city perimeter earth named for the city's greatest battle this defensive battery once held the front line against the combined might of the fallen houses overrun during the course of the invasion many guardians lost their lives to hold the line that the crucible now claims this hallowed ground is seen as a privilege a rite of passage as new guardian as new generations of guardians stand and fight where the brave fell heroes rose and legends were born This is the Frontier Arena card. Arena designation Frontier. Location, city perimeter, Earth. This lookout station at the edge of the city's borders was decommissioned in the face of increasing fallen attacks shortly before the Battle of Twilight Gap. Refitting of the dust station post-battle was mothballed when Lord Shax found that, amongst the dirt, dust, and rusting metal, the station was primed for live fire exercises. The runway, the runway layout of Frontier Station makes it a perfect course to train for the rising craze of rift-based assault. This is the ghost fragment from Frontier. This is a live combat feed. There are two parties talking, a warlock and a titan. The associations listed are City Perimeter, the Crucible, Earth, the Fallen, the Frontier of Earth, Lord Shacks, the Red Jacks, and Twilight Gap. This is a transcript of a conversation. So many died here. This is U.1, U.2, the Titan. Fighting's always fiercest at the frontier. The Fallen took this place from us four times. Now it'll be a training ground. U.1, on how to lose. U.2, on how not to lose again. 
Seems to be a consistent with the the thinking of Shax and why he stayed in the Crucible. Mm. Frontier, sure don't lose again. Mm. Well, that didn't work out as intended. <laughs> <laughs> if we had done this cast about two weeks ago, we would have thought a little differently. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so one thing in the in the D two weeks actually, uh, from what I've heard, I don't recall reading it myself but i've heard a few people talking about it is that it says that it takes place in the frontier do you think it's sort of like not obviously not this map exactly but this general location so we are just outside the city anything that's really outside the city i think is considered the frontier i mean if you look if you look at the um the location of shacks during this uh, there might be like a forward camp of some sort sitting outside the city as we attempt to retake it from the cabal um so i i would expect there to be at least some missions around the city perimeter maybe even some in this exact location or even around um the gap uh the gap uh, artillery battery um but I mean, I, I wouldn't expect the whole game to take place in the frontier. What do you, What do you guys think? I kind of like that idea, and I kind of hope that, like, we're gonna see much bigger patrol areas. So mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of having a patrol space in this area, and possibly have it. Um, this is kind of on the outskirts of the city, and so you'd have this patrol area that encompasses Twilight Gap and possibly the frontier map, um, but spreads out from there, and then hits the city wall. And so from there, like, so we, like, set up a base in Twilight Gap, where was kind of our last big stand against the Fallen, kind of this source of hope for the city. And so that would be kind of our base camp or our tower for the area. And then the whole mm-hmm. frontier would move into the city, where so we work within the frontier and then within the city itself. Mm-hmm. Dragon? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree. And I think, I'm trying to remember, but I think it was somewhere in the description for the Collector's Edition, talking about Hawthorne where it mentioned something about her being like it being a frontier bag that you get and that Mm -hmm. she wore out in her while she survived in the frontier or something. I think that's might be where that reference comes from. Yeah. We, Um, uh, we touched on it last week. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I kind of agree with you. I think anything kind of outside of that, the city perimeter would probably be referred to as the frontier. So I would, I think it would be, I would, I think someone, it might have been Anon or you, Mike, in the chat was talking about how you think that Destiny 2 is going to be more focused on uh, on Earth. It's like, we'll probably in, go to different planets, go to different places for things, but the primarity, primarily the fighting will be t- on Earth. Um, and I, I think that would be exciting. Like, if you if we spent, as long as we got a good chunk of space and like almost felt like you were exploring Earth again, I think that would be pretty cool. I'd love to see a little bit different of terrain than um, the, just the destroyed the... remains of the Cosmodrome. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's just going to be all rusted Earth buildings again, I won't feel as if that's a huge, you know, a huge bridging over from... Yeah. I mean, we've had two games... Like, like imagine if we get to fly to New York City and you just see the kind of... The, the, the almost broken skyline mm-hmm. in the background and you get to, like, fight through it or go down to, go to Los Angeles or San That'd Francisco. That'd be amazing. Well, there was a uh, concept art of old Chicago, Chicago I believe. And that's the one where it's like it was a city that was basically turned into a massive swamp. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, we can still have that broken civilization, but have it in different environments that we're not yeah. used to. 
That would be very welcome. I, I, I uh, after having two expansion or after having you know at least part of two expansions set in the Cosmodrome, I, I, I think it's beyond time to move past the that mm. sort of landscape. You know, a snowy tundra, uh, ruined launch center that you know people fled into and then it's fallen infested um i don't moving think, into i don't think you should ever expect to to actually leave places like the cosmodrome they're too important to the story well sorry not leaving them but as in having less of an emphasis on them i mean the entire uh rise of iron expansion and then uh a good portion of the last few expansions have had missions in um in the Cosmodrome, and I'd like to see a less of a focus in the Cosmodrome, less of a focus on Rasputin, at least for the next couple of expansions. Obviously, we know that uh, the second expansion to this game will be a Rasputin expansion of some kind, and it would be impossible to not include the Cosmodrome for that. Um, but maybe seeing a revamping of that in some way uh, would be a very welcome change for me. Yeah, I'd be kind of happy with like the Frontier because I feel like when you go to the actual map Frontier or you go to Twilight Gap, it still kind of has the familiar Earth setting, but I do feel like Frontier feels different than the Cosmodrome in certain ways. And so if they turned mm-hmm. it into that patrol is still on Earth, but it has more of like a woodland feel where you're mm-hmm. in the mountains and there's rivers and creeks and lakes. Um, mm-hmm. So it still kind of feel like Earth and feel familiar, but it would still have its own unique environment. And then they could add, you know, like ancient ruins on Europa or like go to the deeper into the Ishtar Academy on Venus and get into these different areas that look very unique and different than anything we've experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've only, I'm, sorry, good. No, I was just, as I say, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn overall. Like I would love to get a more in-depth feel of kind of the, of earth, you know, where we're at. Um, but the, the dead orbit inside me wants to, to just explore. I want to go to Europa. I want to go to places we haven't been and see what's out there. Mm-hmm. I just want to I... go to the city, honestly. Yeah, that's been my... be fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's been a demand of mine since day one. It's uh I think it's high time that we had established some sort of connection to the thing that we've been protecting for as long as we have, even though we know next to nothing about it. You know, on a personal level, I should say, not in general, but on a personal level. I mean, mm-hmm. high time to either have a social space within the actual city or, I mean, some people are saying have a raid set there. Maybe Gaul's raid is set in the ruins of the tower. I mean, mm-hmm. who, who really yeah. knows? I'm, curi- I'm curious how it'll, how they'll set that stage. If it's, you know, if opening cinematic is the tower getting destroyed and us being thrown in this battle of the the city and then us almost having that same rise of iron feel where you have to fight the first mission to overtake Phil winter's peak if it's almost that same feel where you have to fight to secure the city and kind of set up this new home base mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, feel like I feel like the, i could sorry. expect not necessarily to get back in the city but like it to start out with the tower falling. Yeah, that's my assumption. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the first few missions is going to be us trying to fight to get back into the city, kind of like who will stand with me moment where we all rush, like bum rush the city and attempt to take it back, and then that just goes absolutely terribly. And Mm -hmm. we just get our butts handed to us. And then that's when we go, okay, we need to step back, we need to go find other things to help us, and that's when we venture out into the solar system to find more power so we can come back and then take the city back. 
Yeah, yeah, and this is getting horribly off track, but yeah. I'm I'm curious <laughs> if like in the in the trailer we see these separated heroes, if our goal will be to kind of reunite everything, or if well, it'll they, be this kind of two. They've actually said in the description yeah, well, of the game. Yeah, like we'll like reunite, but yeah, but like I wonder if there'll still be some. All right, Zavala's fighting this side, Cade's going this side, and so some parts were going to be with Cade and assisting in the city. Other parts were going to be with Zavala and assisting kind of on the, the outer rim or the going out other places. Yeah. It, it did kind of feel like that because they were definitely in very different environments. So it does seem mm-hmm. like it's going to be the idea of everyone is really split up in, in individual places and it's going to be kind of our job to bring everyone together yeah. to start like the base camp. Yeah. I think it's safe to say we're all excited for Destiny 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the um, gap certainly that, set up the stage for it. Yeah. And uh, th- like just to kind of set the stage for like how big of a battle this was, like even we won Twilight Gap, we won the battle and, you know, Saint 14 you know, ended the war so to speak, but we lost a lot of ground. Like, there's a lot of comments, a lot of mm-hmm. um, items in the um, in the database or in the grimoire where it, it talks about us losing a lot of ground. And this is, um, I think there's is it Ghost Fragment City Age where it's the um, text mechanic of people trying to rig the crucible matches. And mm-hmm. you know, one of the guys says, and he's like, "Oh, the whole district's been deserted ever since the gap. It's like no one's been, no one's here." Um, we lost towers. We lost whole sections of the city. We lost most of the outskirts. I mean, well, we do... I mean, that's that's more just because it's just dangerous. It's not just the gap because fallen uh, would sneak in and you know start killing yeah. people. It's just yeah. Why would you want to live right on the edge? You know, that's where you're gonna get hurt. Mm-hmm. So you want to be that idea. Yeah. Like we're way too spread out. We really need to pull back and defend yeah. what we can. Yeah. Yeah, and there's one line where it says the speaker's, you know, anxious to regain ground we lost after the gap. Mm-hmm. It it quotes several times. Uh, I, I've done an episode on the gap about a year and a half ago. Uh, it, there's a there's a card that says, uh, um, I mean, we lost an entire ta- we lost entire towers. Which I mean, one of the ones that we lost is uh, the one that's included in the Galahorn mission where we actually have to fight fallen inside the city again. Which is <laughs> even even before this invasion by the cabal, we were having security troubles. It just tells you how tough it is to defend what we have left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've mentioned like I would love to see like Destiny movies at some point in the, the while this is out, all, all this is going on, and a lot of people have kind of like wondered like, well. The story's not complete. How can they tell a story? Like, I think there's so many unique kind of, like you, you were saying earlier, you know, like kind of focused stories, kind of like the, the Dwindler's Ridge story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Twilight Gap is, is one of those two. Like, you could do a Twilight Gap movie focusing yeah. on the heroes of yeah, Twilight so. Gap. Everything going it, on in it. Especially if it wasn't like a hero that we've even heard of. It was mm-hmm. sort of like someone that stood and fell at Twilight Gap. Like, yeah. Um, uh, they're actually, it's a, there's really no way to just include it without just like, like reading it and saying it. It would just be weird. Uh, Kai Ying, uh, mm-hmm. from the Mervo Type Zero legs. Uh, Kai Ying gave his last full measure at Twilight Gap, the last stand of the first pillars. Uh, 
or mm-hmm. last stands of first pillars, which mm-hmm. first pillars are a Titan order. So it's saying it's sort of like the night thing to do, like how they die. They get, they get uh, written in a book. So like when they die honorably, they can be remembered properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if they that... were, uh, if they were so good to have lived a full life and died peacefully, you know, that's another, mm-hmm. another honorable way to go perspectively yeah yeah so here's hoping we get some sort of twilight gap movie in the future <laughs> Maybe. Be cool. as long as it's rated like m that'll be great because <laughs> it needs to be like a dark gritty r we'll get we'll get it rated r yeah because... we'll, we'll make it a movie and not <laughs> a video any game. any war setting that isn't rated r is not going to be good like it needs, <laughs> it's not even that it's just it needs to be dark and gritty it's just that it needs to be at least on some level real realistic and mm-hmm. like i'm not saying saying i need to see like heads exploding and nonsense yeah. like that but it needs to have the violence that for whatever reason dictates our rating mm-hmm. yeah and this this battle was a yeah. major battle like it needs exactly. to have the action and the the violence mm-hmm. to support the the battle of this nature would you Although, rather see i suppose was star wars uh was like uh Rogue One was that R rated? No, I mean, Star Wars is. I don't think they've PG ever had an R. Yeah, they've all been. Okay, then I, you know, I it, it can be done PG thirteen, then. Yeah, yeah that's true. It, I guess if you focus more on the sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Storytelling aspects of it, it's okay. They get, they get away it's, with it. It's not blood and gore. It's alien juice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> shooting. I'm not shooting bullets. I'm shooting phasers. Lasers. Laser lights. And, <laughs> yeah. So. I guess it can be done. Just I don't have hopes for it to be done properly as a PG-13. I feel like it might be a little cheesy, but either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> does anyone have anything else to say on Twilight Gap? I do have uh, one question. If we're talking about a Destiny movie, would you rather see Six Fronts uh, or The Gap, do you think? Both. Both? Mm-hmm. You, you can't no, have you, one. You can't choose. Yes, you can. They're very <laughs> different events. No, because like Twilight Gap was the like the follow up to I guess. I Twilight guess Gap was it. the Lord of the Rings. Six Fronts was the Hobbit. Yeah, they're very Edge. different events. <laughs> but I feel like I would rather see Six Fronts because I feel like Six Fronts would be like the Star Wars trilogy, and then Twilight Gap would be Rogue One. Where it's like Twilight Gap is just a portion of it, where Battle of Six Fronts would be this larger story, no. and it would make Six Fronts so much better because, or it would make Twilight Gap so much better because Six that, Fronts you'd have that gritty war of we've been fighting with the Fallen. That's an awful. And you could analogy. bring in that Saint Fourteen and it's like we're done. Dra- Dragon <laughs> hit it perfectly. It's the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be separate movies though, right? Yeah. No, they do. Because yeah, they're definitely. I, I agree. They're unique stories. Yeah. Um, personally, I think I'd rather see Twilight Gap. I feel like there's more, more characters that we know of, and it would be a, like Six Fronts from like what it seems is a smaller battle that was only so big because we were in the middle of fighting each other when it started, and it, we were so weak at the time. So Six Fronts mm-hmm. was the sort of like if if Six Fronts happened at the time of the city 
during Twilight Gap's era, like where the city's like formed and structured and things are good, Six Fronts wouldn't be like remembered like it is. It'd be like, remember that time that the Fallen tried to attack us? Yeah, that was <laughs> funny. Like that, it, it it was a lot smaller than Twilight Gap I know, it, was. I kind of disagree. I feel like it was bigger because it was. That was the first full attack from the Fallen, yeah. and they attacked six fronts specifically that the Titans that held. One, one house attacked us from six fronts. That doesn't mean that they had a half a million coming to kill us. Twilight Gap was a much larger mm-hmm. event. And, and it leads into so much, too. Like yeah. After that, the Iron Lords go on their way to discover to destroy siva right well um, in the uh, midst of that we don't know exactly well we we think because we know the iron lords were at twilight gap and so we, we know saladin was, was at twilight gap true. we don't know true. the iron lords were at twilight gap it's just... that's a good point um then we do we know like strikes. kind of at the same time marasav is dealing with the wolves yeah in space you know there's well, that entire reef wars story at twilight gap that's a whole nother thing <laughs> Right, as I'm saying, it's like it has like like you can tell this in uh, like three or four different stories just based off like in that same time. Yeah. Well, then I guess uh, we'll just wrap it up. All right. Okay. So then, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lorecast. Until next week, you can find us on Twitter at Destiny Lorecast. We love to hear from you, so please give us your thoughts and theories, and please email us at destinylorecast at gmail dot com what each raid has meant to you, and if you've never raided before and you're starting to raid now, what each raid does mean to you. Uh, if you'd like to help us grow, go leave us a review on iTunes. You can find us in other great podcasts such as the Destiny Down Under, RNG Cast, Massive Breakdowns, Rabbit Hole Radio, and the DTR podcast itself, all in the DTR network. Uh, Handsome Dragon, since it's been so long, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Handsome Dragon. The O's are zeros. Mm. Um, I've also been streaming a little bit more on Twitch uh, as well as is it Beam. Yeah. Um, at Handsome Dragon, uh, O's are zeros. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? Where are you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MythosMike. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash MythosMike. Um, you can follow some of my old uh, articles and videos on playingdestiny.com, and you can find me on the Destiny Lorecast. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. Guardian, uh, where, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at theguardian21. Yeah. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your Reddit name? <laughs> it is now theguardian21. You went with it. You went well. with it. But I, I, I switched. I was originally the drock21, which was kind of hard to leave, but I feel like the Guardian more sums up my destiny character for, so for those, I, I did make the switch for those yeah. who don't know uh massive breakdown podcast had uh what is, i think it's mr woodhouse I, I don't know if i'm pronouncing that right yeah uh, mr. Who's, Wood- a, who's a mod from reddit and they did a reddit breakdown and the drock 21 was one of the top five or six uh posters Number so, six. Number so, one being the uh, Reddit bot. Number yeah. two being Rise of Bacon, obviously, because no one will ever be Rise of Bacon. Uh, and I landed at number six. Yeah, so <laughs> nice. it's a bit of a, it, a title to give it, up for Guardian. Yeah. Felt wrong. It is. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you, you should clarify, you spell Guardian wrong. So if people are actually going to look for <laughs> Guardian 21, it's the A is before the U. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had the issue where I started seeing other people on Reddit, like Captain Kex and Anon, and around there, it was like, they would comment on something like, this is Guardian. Like, gosh dang it. Like, didn't know that was you. So I just thought it was easier to just switch over. Yeah. Well, now Baxter I really is uh, Lord Biro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I know although he's not Baxter on Twitter he's Ishtar Cole on Twitter a little bit Baxter on PSN which I love getting to say because he hates that name <laughs> and uh Lord Biro on Reddit so little big Baxter uh, Baxter that was unintentional I'm tired. Um, <laughs> if you're listening you know little big Baxter what's up <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I wanted, I wanted to comment real quick. So I just looked it up. Um, the city remembers Felwinter and Jolder, Scory and Timur, Radagast and Galleon, and the others for their invincible patrols during Six Fronts and the Wall Building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so during the building of the oh, wall. We knew they were at Six Fronts, but we don't know. Because of the whole uh, Gallahorn quest, uh, there's a there's a small number of inconsistencies with the lore that was presented in Rise of Iron, and technically I haven't aired that interview, so I can't say exactly what, but something (laughs) is happening, and my observations of inconsistencies, if I ever actually sit down and start doing that again, uh, will be featured at some point in the future after the thing that's happening happens. <laughs> Helpful. Yeah, it is. Especially if you're a time traveler. I'm just like, Goop, I'm done. There it is. Boom. It's it's pretty good. Uh not a lot of not a lot of views. Uh a little soul crushing. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a non pig and you can find me on my Twitter at A N O N P I G. Yeah, it's just a non pig. And uh I I I don't know, that's that's really it. You know, yeah. I quit coffee, so you can't find me at Dunkin' Donuts anymore. <laughs> um, can't believe you quit coffee. No, I needed to, but that's a, this is this is falling apart because I'm <laughs> I spent all day raiding. I took a nap in between in between raids, and like my brain is fried. Shy that kind of time. Have a good one, Guardians. Have a good one, guys. Yeah. Not Guardian. Guardians, like the people listening. Guardians an asshole. <laughs> Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. See ya.